This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Back of the Nest Preview Podcast. I'm your host, Terence Ford, and Albert Curley and Sam Heftriff. It's only October, but we're here to build you up to the final now, being hammered into the coffin of Manchester City's faltering title challenge. No paywall, no subscription. Back of the Nest. Fan-created podcasts, videos and articles. Free forever. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yes, the international break is over. It's been a good one for some international eagles, but we'll get on to that. And now it's time to build you up to Manchester City's visit to Selhurst Park. And I am joined by Sam Hesketh. Hello. Hello, and Albert Curley. Good evening. Hey, so, Albert. Before, sorry, before we start, a- Albert, um, not that I am a diary manager. What are you doing next week? Huh? What are you doing next week, mate? Which day? Uh, the podcast and recording day. Uh oh, oh yeah, that's one of the days that I'm on holiday. All right, holiday is it? <laughs> just just as we've forgotten about Albert's holiday antics, they start again. Are you sure? Guess what? The last time I went on holiday <laughs> was this time last year. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how many times have you accused me of going on holiday in the interim? Fucking loads. Czech Republic? What was that? That was work. And that was, yeah, before, was. Ah, and that was before my last holiday. Fucking have that. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. That was less than a year ago. That, no, that was yeah. in September. I was there for my birthday. Thank you. <laughs> okay, right. Let's do this. What kind of beer do you like? Heineken? Fuck that shit. Pabst Blue Ribbon. Right, I don't actually have beer this week. I'm I'm on the lem sips, lads. I've got a bit of a bit of man flu going on, so no beers for me. But Hesky, if you're not going to let us down, I'm actually not. I've actually got a beer. Blimey, um, are you feeling all right? Yeah, I've had too many beers. I think that's the problem. Um, I'm drinking a can of Asahi, which is very nice. It's not fancy. Uh, it's got a lot of Japanese writing on it, but it tastes nice. Yeah, well. 
in the, are they some sort of sponsor of Rugby World Cup? Are you, is this your way of trying to get some sponsorship? Well, a couple of years ago, maybe more than a couple of years ago, I don't follow rugby at all because it's stupid. But the Japanese rugby team had a player called Heskiff, who I think was born in New Zealand, but he played for Japan. So, Was he a moany fucker as well? He was a sensational rugby player, mate. Didn't moan one. Oh, I can't throw the ball forwards. <laughs> that sounds about as legitimate as some of the fake Crystal Palace shirts I've been seeing flying around on the internet today. <laughs> Have you seen this, Albert? Uh, there's actually somewhere in Turkey fake Crystal Palace shirts on stalls out there. Does that mean we've finally made it? Big time. I, I mean, sneaking suspicion that DR's got something to do with it. But did you? Um, this, of course, brings us back to former producer Billiam, who. Uh, it always goes excitedly messaged us in our whatsapp group saying lads i've um i've got this season's palace kit for 25 quid from some website and um send us a picture of it before we slowly start picking it apart and tell him how it's definitely a fake before he um admits that it is a fake (laughs) ask if it was a semi-decent fake yeah first glance like when you sent a photo and it's a thumbnail looks pretty legit um, but as soon as you open it up, you realise, you know, the bird's upside down and <laughs> stripes are inside out or whatever. Um, and he, he had to, yeah, he backtracked pretty quickly, to be fair to him. Yeah, if if he if I don't see him wearing it again, I'll be really disappointed. But what was great about this one in Turkey on the market was um, there was a Wolves shirt right next to it. And of course, we have the same sponsor and the sponsor logos couldn't have looked more different that they were that bad between the two of them. So uh, <laughs> very, very amusing. And of course, then we've seen one on the eBay today, uh, which was suggesting that it was a, a rare 96 to 98 Palace home shirt. And um, it, they didn't even have the right logo on it. Yeah. Phone. It looked like it was, anything. It was very, it was very rare. It was there you go. Very rare. <laughs> That's exactly what we were saying. It's, it's so rare. It is the only one of its kind, unless the person who's trying to flog it for 70 quid has um, made a few more of them. Uh, of course, the last game we had was West Ham. Uh, and Heskiff, I owe you an apology for throwing, throwing a pint of beer over you pretty much. Yeah, do you know what? I'd forgotten about that in the in the interim, celebrating the win. Uh, and then we obviously all went out for drinks afterwards, um, Ubered it home, went straight to bed, got up the next morning and put my hoodie on to go out, and it stank of juicy IPA. I wasn't, I wasn't drinking a juicy IPA. I was, I was, um, I'm pretty sure I was on the lager, but yeah. Well, whatever it was, it, it did not smell good. Juicy IPA sounds like some sort of rapper. Yeah. Because sort of some alternative hipster rapper from from deep, dark parts of South London. Does he support Manchester United? Of course he does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, apologies for that. And then, of course, uh, the, the best thing I thought to come out of the whole West Ham game, uh, Albert, I'm sure you saw this, the birthday cake video. The West Ham, the West Ham <laughs> fan being given his <laughs> birthday cake by his mum, just just as Jordan Ayew scores. Yeah, happy birthday, mate! <laughs> it was wicked. It threw me for a little while because it kind of looks like my house. <laughs> what, like <laughs> six bedrooms, two, east wing and a west wing? Five. It, yeah, it, remi- it reminded me of the uh, south wing of my house, actually. Um, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it threw me for a bit because uh, somebody, my brother sent it to me who was at my house watching that game. 
So I kind of spun out for a little bit, and then obviously got to enjoy it for what it was. It's uh, his face is is it's a it's a picture. Come, come on, Dave. I, I actually felt a bit sorry for <laughs> come him. Come on, Dave. Cheer up and blow him out. <laughs> he he blew his candles out, but by just going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what you want to be told is cheer up by your mum just as um, your team's conceded a last-minute losing goal. But, uh, yeah, great. Looked a bit old to be given a birthday cake by his mum. I mean, we'll gloss over that. Yeah, yeah, but... yeah I'm, I'm assuming that she was visit, he was visiting her house or something like that for his birthday. I don't know. Um, that's really too much into it. But if you haven't seen that, go to our socials and dig back a couple of weeks and you'll certainly find it there. It's a... Uh, it's a joy to behold. Um, since the last game, we've had the marathon march. Uh, Albert, no, you weren't puking on it this year. No, uh, I was sick last week. I think for the first time since the marathon march last year, but I can assure you it wasn't down to too much exercise. <laughs> it's funny this, Heskip, isn't it? He's always like, everything was last year. Holiday was last year. The last time he puked was last year. Yeah. Try and, yeah you've well, got to move a bit of times, man. So if you're the ones that keep going about me going on holiday. You need the thing to move on. I think we need VAR. We need VAR to go back and see your receipts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, my wife's an accountant. Perhaps I can get her to have a look through them. <laughs> um, but congratulations to everyone that completed the Marathon March. Uh, yeah, Ham- Hambo got round this time. Did <laughs> Surprise, surprise, if you do some training, it makes you more equipped to deal with a 26.2-mile walk. So... Well done to him, and um, well, who knew? <laughs> who knew indeed? Who else did it from our side? Uh, Simon Pizzy, I think, did it, didn't he? Simon Pizzy got busy. <laughs> he um, was sharing pictures of his feet in in our WhatsApp group with lots of very dark looking blisters on the soles of his feet. Do you reckon he'll ever recover, Albert? I, I mean, I don't have any experience of walking this sort of length. Uh, I actually, I didn't blister, which I was stunned by because I normally want if I play football for 10 minutes something starts popping on the bottom of my foot uh my problem was the uh the ch- chafing betwixt the thigh mm. um last year that was that was brutal that was absolutely brutal I'd have taken a blister over that I think to be honest do you um did you not vaseline up the inside of your thighs mate I was on, on all the rest breaks I was cl- I was clawing Vaseline out of a pot that I've got, like a, like a like Winnie the Pooh getting honey out of a jar. I, I was like gathering it in my hand and th- throwing it up myself. What an image! What an image! What an image! Um, hey, it's for a good cause. Um, and it's it just just it, I think it, it worked for about half of it, and then my briskets just started burning. It was outrageous. <laughs> Walking like Tina Turner. I'm not sure there. what's the worst image that one or your chili willy from a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> uh, put them together you got a, you got a, a beautiful collage yeah we'll, we'll wait for you the brian mcfadden story follow-up at some point in the future that does not involve any any um, <laughs> vaseline or private part of my being uh, well, that remains to be seen, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> so Wilfred Zaha got an assist and a goal for the Ivory Coast on the week, uh, throughout the international break. Sorry, and Sam Heskiff, a lovely picture with him and Balassi after the game. Yeah, it was, I mean, the, the, the assist for the goal was amazing for a start. Um, even made that £70 million flop at Pepe at Arsenal look all right um, by setting him up. Uh, but yeah, it was good to see a picture of him and Yala afterwards because um, it was against DR Congo that he was playing. Um, and I, I can't remember the caption says, but it was, you know, brothers forever or something, which is pretty good. So, 
Um, not a bad week all in for Wilf. Hopefully you can carry that on on Saturday. Yeah, lovely finish uh, in the 90th minute as well to seal the 3-1 victory for them against DR Congo, in a, which was a friendly. And Albert, this has got Arsenal fans all of a sudden changing their tune on Zaha again after getting Pepe and saying we don't need him. All of a sudden they're talking about wanting him again. Well, as Sam's alluded to, it's because Zaha's teed him up for a, for an actual goal. So, you know, he's he's made Pepe look good. So, yeah, Arsenal probably do do fancy him in the hope that that, that kind of works out. I saw an interview with Zaha when he won, he won an award recently for the charity work that he does, um, where it finally got some coverage about him giving, was it 10% of his wages ever since he's been a professional footballer to charity, which, you know, big, big, big uh, stories when one matter started saying that he gives 1% of his wages to charity. Uh, but obviously Zaha giving 10% doesn't seem to meet a narrative. So I didn't get talked about, but that finally got some coverage um, because of this award. Not so much Zaha putting it out there because he's just always talked about not wanting to do that, obviously. But um, <clears throat> so well done to, get, to Zaha getting that award. But he did say um, in this time, he was asked a question about Pepe. And he did say... Uh, at Ivory Coast training, he's seen the talent that he has and he expects him to come good and so on. And of course, I just don't think Arsenal, now that they've spent that much money on Pepe, are going to be able to afford Zaha anyway. So I think we're safe from that potential transfer. But there's been a lot of links so far, Hesky, with Mishibatshuayi potentially coming back. Uh, Martinez, uh, Roberto Martinez, that is Belgium's manager, has said that Batshuayi needs to play more Premier League minutes if he wants to keep his place in the Belgian team. Um, could that open a pathway back to Salah's part for him? Um, it, possibly. I think we would have an all right chance, providing, obviously, we have we have the money. I, th- I think we should have the money, though, really. Um, he seems to really enjoy his time with us as well. Um, and I kind of assume that, you know, after the loan was finished, that that would be that. And Chelsea's transfer ban and all that would, would have him playing quite a lot. But obviously... They're going more with Tammy Abraham um, up front and he's only getting the odd sort of 10-minute flash here and there as a sub, which is what he's always done with Chelsea, really. Um, And I think the way that we're playing this season where we need someone who will put away what chances we we do make, I think he'd be a good signing. You know, we, we said last year he doesn't really do much outside of the box, but... You know, if you think if you've got IU running around doing a lot of the hard work and then he can sort of prod in the old goal here and there, um, it would be a great signing. But whether we spend £22 million on someone in January, I don't know. Yeah, I, I could only ever see that being part of a deal with Wilf going the other way, to be honest. But um, we'll wait until that comes around. Of course, we've been linked with Walker Peters as well. We need a fullback and Spurs are apparently keen to loan him out. So that's another one we've been linked with. But this is all speculation at this point. So, um, <laughs> back to the international break and a couple of mental goals. So, uh, Albert starting with Alex Sorlot, 92nd minute equaliser for Norway and Romania. Another cross into the box and a booming header. Another goal I don't care about. Fish, <laughs> uh, you know, as it, since he's gone to Trabzon Sport and playing for Norway as well, crosses in the box, he gets on the end of them and scores. So, you know, we've, he's still got a very large contract at Crystal Palace in terms of length. So uh, maybe maybe not the lost calls that we all thought he was. So we'll, that remains to be seen. And another perhaps potential lost calls, Christian Benteke scored for 25-yard task. If. Yeah, it was a good goal to be, to be fair. Um, I thought it was going to be a sort of two-yard tap-in, but um, 
it was a good finish from outside the box. Yeah, I mean, it was against San Marino, but I think, you know, you've got to give credit where it's due. That's a good goal. Um, I think he said afterwards that he, he's going to take that goal back to Selhurst. But I can't see him really playing very often still. So if he brings that goal back to Selhurst and scores against Man City, then, yeah, two thumbs up. Yeah, I think the the step up in opposition would be quite the step up there. So <laughs> we'll see how hang it on, goes. Hang on, hang we're on. coming toward the end. Hang on. Of... Go on. When you say what? The actual goal, because he can score in that one. He does know there's two goals at Sellers Park already that he is very, very free to score in any time he'd like to try. Listen, desperate measures, mate. Needs must. If he has to pick up the whole frame of the goal and bring it with him, you bloody right. let him do it. I'm, I'm not one to not back a player. Coming to the end of this segment, but you said you need to top up, and we didn't get what beer you was drinking. So, what are you topping up? Heineken, as the jingle says. I'm not going to say Lovely fuck that shit because I quite like it. Thank you. <laughs> we'll go and top up and we'll be back after this. Reviews, predictions, comments and rants. Send us your voice clips on WhatsApp. 0203 575 1266. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, we now we're going into a run against the toughest opposition of any run in the Premier League at the moment. Palace's next five games are against well, in in no particular order: first, second, third, fourth, and fifth in the table. Um, as it stands, as it stands, indeed. Uh, so, Heskey, fifteen points from that run. Yeah, easily. He's easily. Um, we'll leapfrog them all. Separate the men from the boys and all that. <laughs> um, so, obviously, we start against Manchester City, we're in second, but um, a little bit of turmoil at the moment. Uh, lost a couple of games in their last three. A uh, bit of an injury crisis going on as well. Um, we've got Kevin De Bruyne, been out of a groin strain. Perhaps he'll be back, but you know, if he is, he might not be at full speed, so that could play into our hands. Of course, Sergio Aguero has had a car crash today. Have you heard this, album? Yeah. I haven't. Yeah, but un- unfortunately, he come out unscathed, <laughs> so he's uh, he's available for selection on the weekend. Um, nah, he'll be doing the insurance, won't he? <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure with the money he has, he can pay somebody to do that for him. But hmm. so, um, Hesky, if we've got to look at the the points where we can get at City, and obviously they've been struggling with centre back since Laporte got injured, company left. Uh, Stones has been injured as well. Uh, but it looks like it's going to be Otamendi and Stones on the weekend for them at centre-back. Um, got to be an excuse to try and get in amongst them two, isn't it? 
Yeah, definitely. Um, and I was actually talking to um, my mate who's a season ticket old man, season ticket holder at Man City. Um, he he works at Copper Ninety, which I'm sure a lot of people listening will know. Uh, and he's a proper Man City fan. He's not a he had newcomer. Um, and he one of the things that he said was that Otamendi is likely to start and is is really having a hard time without Laporte and company next to him. Um, so he, you know, he he sort of earmarked that as something that he's a bit worried about. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I don't think Otamendi's been a great defender for them. I mean, I don't watch every game, but he always looks a bit sus, um, and is sort of let off by the fact that the team ahead of him are so good. But like you said, they're they're, they're in a as much of a rut as a team as good as Man City can be in. Um, so. Yeah, I think we should definitely get at him. And can he withstand the might of Jordan Ayew? That's the question. Well, it is, of course, and Man City need to look out because when Jordan Ayew scores, Palace win. Five goals now for Palace, five all single shots and all um, five victories, albeit one of them was against Grimsby in the FA Cup, I think. Um, Albert, <laughs> he scored at West Ham, albeit the VAR one. Uh, is, there any, is there anything he can do wrong? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's there's plenty he could do wrong off the pitch. I'm sure there's a little bit he could do on the pitch. Uh, you know, he's again. We we we're almost sort of repeating ourselves. I was I was really not enthusiastic at the prospect of signing him permanently, uh, which was you know led to be the rumored case at the end of last season. Uh, but you got you got to just heap the praise and the credit on him, and I hope it carries on for as long as possible. He he looks like he he seems a bit a lot happier. He sort of knows the system a bit more. He's essentially our number one striker now, isn't he? You know, for, for all intents and purposes. And uh, yeah, why not? Num- what, number what? one of two. <laughs> one of, hey, Connor Wickham is fit. He's definitely alive. He's alive. Yeah, come on. I mean, he is quite fit um, as well, to be honest. He is mad buffeting. Uh, but listen, Jordan Ayew, again, like the, the work rate was kind of there most of the time last season, and you know I think it was the it was the Everton game where he really you know his work rate was more, more than we'd ever seen it, and he looked he looked fit and confident and got into some promising positions and made some great runs and just looked like he fit in a bit more. Um, so why can't he why can't he bag one against it? A shaky Man City defense. That's not a pun. It's not a shake, Man City. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, why not? Let's hope so. Yeah, well, Otamendi seems to be a lot more susceptible to a press than the rest of the defenders that they have there. So, you know, Jordan Ayew is tireless in that sense. And um, I'm sure the Prince of Ghana Heskiff will be all over him like a rash. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, it's hard, it's hard to find weaknesses in a team, like I say, as good as, as, good as Man City are. But you got to pinpoint them when they're when they're there, and um, going by that, you know, some of the other stuff that my mate has, has told me about them. It seems like the other thing that he thinks we we would need to do to to sort of give Man City a game is to to really press them um, and hassle them non-stop. He said that's what they that's what they happened when they they lost to Norwich, which was also a five thirty. Um, so yeah, you know that, that that's things that we're we're good at. We do hassle, and we've got good shape, um, and when we are able to play that sort of game. It, it's obviously easy for us to say like, all we've got to do is hassle them, and we'll 
knock them off their stride and get a result. And we obviously know it's going to be really difficult and we'll have to play very, very well to get a result regardless of what happened against Wolves at the Etihad a couple of weeks ago. But, you know, for him to highlight things that we do well is good. You know, it's something for us to to work with. And um, I'm sure Roy will, you know, he's nothing if not, disciplined in that way is he so whoever set up to, to do that I'm pretty sure come uh, come Saturday evening yeah, of course the last so when they lost to Norwich 3-2 in that game Manchester City uh, they came back looking for revenge and they stuffed your boys 8-0 but so um, are you worried that it could be a same sort of turnout this weekend sorry who's that <laughs> uh, Watford pal oh my boys are they <laughs> yeah yours are no one John's <laughs> uh, yeah, they smashed Watford 8-0, but Watford are having a terrible time of it at the moment, and we're not. So I was I was more surprised almost at the at the Wolves result because again, Wolves haven't been in, in great shakes in the in the league, and I think that was almost the more surprising result than almost the Norwich one. So that kind of that kind of gives me hope a bit that the fact that a, a, a struggling Wolves team. And a, a relegation favourite in Norwich, no disrespect, um, you know, managed to pull a, pull a result out. So, you know, why can't we? I, I, I just hope we don't we don't do what we did against Spurs and show them too much respect and find ourselves, you know, out of the game after what fifteen twenty minutes. Mm. Well, listening to uh, uh, the Blue Moon podcast. Uh, they 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 seem to be able to highlight weaknesses in the Man City team at will. Uh, Ottomendi, Stones, Gundogan as well was another one, um, and they've all, they also suggested Heskiv. And I think this just shows that all football fans are pessimists at heart. Um, Pep Guardiola's game management and subs are quite poor, and often leaves making a change too long. Oh wow! Where have we heard that before? <laughs> Roy's in his team company. Um, well, that's interesting. I, I mean, I, I haven't paid as close attention to Man City as probably I should as a preview pod, re- you know, member. Um, yeah, buck your ideas up, mate. I should, yeah, sorry. I just was going to come along and say Man City are really good, but we've got Jordan Ayew. But, um, so, yeah, I mean, it's interesting to hear that. I mean, I, I think um, obviously everything's relative and... Pep taking a little bit longer to bring on a £70 million sub is a bit different to, <laughs> you know, us bringing on Connor Wicker and Rory Knackers out again. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, p- pinch of salt, really. But, um, you know, when I was talking to my mate, he definitely had a lot of positives for his team as well. You know, so I think, yeah, I'm sure there are some things that the Man City fans worry about. And like I say, it's relative compared to us. They're fine compared to Liverpool. Maybe that's where they're worried. Um, but what he did say was that the two defeats they've had this year against Norwich and Wolves, um, Kevin De Bruyne hasn't started either game. Um, so I, I asked, hoping that the answer would be no. I asked if he was going to start, and the answer is yes for sure. <laughs> so, I mean, and, and also, I mean, you look at the form that Raheem Sterling's in. And has been in for the last like two years, really. Um, he looked he looked good for England again this week. You know, it's a very very tough ask for us to to get something out of the game. Like I say, regardless of their one game blip or two game blip, um, and uh, it looks like Rodri 
has has really excelled since he's been in the team. So our midfield, which has come under some criticism from me uh, in the way that it lines up at home, um, I think the three-man defensive midfield at home is is going to be what we'll see again. And I'll have perhaps less cause to complain than I did when it was lining up against Norwich. Somebody just needs to whisper in Kevin De Bruyne's ear in the tunnel that Jason Punch is here and he's going to fuck you up again. <laughs> and he'll drop his arse. Yeah, it's mad that he's returning to the scene of his own murder, isn't it? It's, uh... Very brave of him. Very brave. <laughs> very, very brave. But of course, uh, Manchester City, you know, amassed 98 points last season with hardly having Kevin De Bruyne. So I don't think uh, <laughs> they need to worry that much about depth in that sense. But... Uh, the Blue Moon podcast is also saying that David Silva and Gundogan is the midfield that we want to look for because that's when they're at their most weakest and uh, their points per game is a far less than it is with any other midfield they have. So if for whatever reason De Bruyne breaks down between now and then, that's the midfield we want to be looking out for on the team sheet. Uh, turning our attentions to Palace and um, I think a couple of things. We've got McCarthy play so well against West Ham. Um slotted right in for his first start and of course I'm sure playing alongside James MacArthur helped there as he has done for a lot of his career uh, but has he done enough to keep Luca out Heskiff? Well going by this year's form I don't think Luca has been very good um, I think James MacArthur I have to think about which one I'm talking about now James MacArthur should play for sure I think he was he was brilliant against West Ham and I think he's a very energetic player and, and if you're going to play with a press and a hassling sort of style, he's he's definitely one you need in. Um, I thought James McCarthy was good. He wasn't amazing, but he was good. Uh, and, but I, I do think that Roy will probably revert to what he usually plays and and it will be McCarthy that makes way for Luca. to be honest. Um, I, don't, I don't think Luca's played great this season, really, but I suppose the argument could be made that no one has. So. Um, yeah, I, I expect Luke to come back. Albert, how did you feel James McArthur did in the Luka Milivojevic role? Because um, I think it surprised us all that he was the one who dropped a bit deeper. Yeah, I thought he had a good game. Um, I think if, it, if obviously James McCarthy hasn't played a huge amount of football, which was a lot of our concerns when we signed him. Um, so I think if, if the international break hadn't happened, I, I would definitely hang my hat on the peg of saying, well, you know, is is it is it too much to ask him to play? You know, to start two games in a week, regardless of his form. Um, obviously, everyone's had a bit of a rest. Not everyone, but most people had a bit of a rest in the international break. So, yeah, in theory, if he's if he's fit and up for it, he could he could start the next game. The only the only concern I would have is that as we you know the last time we beat man city you know everything has to, everything has to go well and and ultimately a penalty was the deciding deciding factor um in that game and we all know what happens when luca steps up to take a penalty so um i would i i i would err on the side of caution and and and, and put luca in and and mccarthy unfortunately would have to drop back to the bench but i think mccarthur Again, he's one of our stand. Again, there's not a huge amount of contenders for it, apart from are you necessarily? But and maybe Martin Kelly and Gary Cahill. But I think McCarthy is having a great season. I always think he starts off fairly well, and I think he gets a bit leggy towards the end of the season. But we're we're definitely at that point 
in uh, in the league where he tends to go on a bit of a run and and sort of stands out just on work rate alone. And you know, he's that's something you can never you can never throw at him that he he phones it in or he isn't trying. And it, you know, it seems to be coming off for him at the moment. Uh, you talked about Luca coming in for penalties there. Uh, how did you feel when Patrick van Arnold tapped, <laughs> stepped up at the London Olympic Stadium? I will be honest, <laughs> I wasn't confident. <laughs> I mean, you could sense it in the away end, couldn't you, Heskey? If every, everyone was just like, what? And then it took quite a while for it to, you know, VAR to check, not as long as obviously the second one, but it took a while for VAR to check. And then um, he, he was there waiting with the ball and I, I wasn't confident. <laughs> Yeah, I was a bit nervous. And and I think that one of the West Ham players was doing a bit of gamesmanship, sort of like dicking about on the penalty spot and that. And then the ref stood in his way before it started. And it's just one of those things where you just, because it's your team, I suppose, but definitely because it's Palace, I just thought, oh, he's going he's gonna to miss it. And he's, he's not been having a brilliant game defensively. Shock. Um, but it was a great penalty, to be fair. Um, so, yeah, it was good. I, I mean... When we saw, you know, when we knew that Luca wasn't playing, we were having a quick chat about who who we thought would take penalties, uh, and I assumed it would be Jordan Ayew. So yeah, when you see PVA striding towards towards the ball and, and grabbing it, you know, with real vigor, you just think, well, you got you got to score it now, mate. So yeah, the thing is, in the in the re- removed from the sort of pressure cooker environment of watching the game, even on the telly, you know. Finishing is one of, is probably Van Arnold's best attribute. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, really, we shouldn't have had anything to worry about. But yeah, I, I, I certainly shared your your sentiment, Tesco. Now, of course, the second goal came about from a good cross from Andrew Townsend off the bench again. So um, you know, involved in a goal last week and the week before, scoring a 90th minute uh, game sealer. Um, Albert is. <sighs> We've we've playing a team like Man City, and obviously Andros Townsend loves to, or, or loves to, but puts a shift in defensively as well. He likes to track back, uh, where Jeff Schlupp is perhaps weak, especially when playing in the front three. Can you see that Townsend might have done enough now to win a place back in the starting eleven? On paper, I'd say yes, and then you sort of again, not not that it necessarily counts for much, but you know, you look at the last time we played City, and you know. Quite rightly, we all talk about the Andros goal. Everybody forgets that Schlupp scored a pretty fucking good goal as well. So uh, you kind of just want you would just want to repeat. You know, it's a bit like a like a superstitious ritual. You kind of want you don't want to change anything. You want to just repeat the, the exact same variables that we had last time. And that's why I'm saying you know play Luca, play Schlupp, and and maybe play Townsend as well. Whether that's possible, you can make that team work. I'm I'm not so sure, but um, yeah, I think Townsend again with with the, the opportunities been given. I don't know if you know if it's chicken or egg. Like you know, it has this as a spell on the bench, kind of giving him whether you know whether it's a, a bit of a rest or a kick up the arse. But yeah, fantastic cross on uh, and you said at the weekend it was last weekend uh, and yeah and, he, and then the game before that he, he scored he scored the second goal so does he does he get in the team for me over Schlupp he probably does but I think I'm probably just setting myself up for a little bit of disappointment there come Saturday at half five UK time I'm not sure what time it'll be in Greece <laughs> um, but yeah I'd like to see I'd like to see Townsend start for me yeah, so Heskiff, you're you're not a huge fan of Jeff Schlupp either, and um, 
could it could his tracking well lack of tracking back hurt us this weekend? Oh, hundred percent. Um, you know, there, there seems to be quite a divide between people who really love Jeffrey Schlapp and people who really don't like him at all. Like you said, I mean, I mean the latter. I mean, I don't, I don't hate him, but I get very frustrated by. Yeah, mostly his lack of tracking back, back, to be honest. You know, sometimes he sort of like walks back when there's an attack going on. He's very good at pointing into space, like I've said. And when PVA is defending, is a bit sus in itself. He needs as much protection as he can get, really. Um, so, like Albert, I, I would like to see Andros play over Schlupp. But also, like Albert, I don't think it will happen. Um, I think Roy seems to really like... Being able to play Schlupp so that he can move him about if needs be, which you know I understand is a plus, but I think you should be playing your best players. And I think, like you said, Andros is in form. He, he, you know, he got dropped because he wasn't playing great, but his sort of last two cameos have have, have been good. Um, and he got a goal and an assist, and you can't or sort of an assist, and you can't really argue with that. And and I don't think that Schlupp is going to give us as much. Um, in the in the way of effort as Andros will. Um, one thing I do want to say though, which I've just thought about with PVA, um, which was a noticeable upgrade on Luca not playing, was I thought PVA set pieces were really good against West Ham. You know, we got corners to Palace players, and he, um, I think he took the free kick that the penalty came from, and he took a free kick that was a decent ball, which eventually got cleared that we got the winner from. So. I would, even if Luca plays, I would like to see PVA on uh, set pieces. Yeah, his delivery was certainly good and the left foot giving it a different sort of angle as well. So um, hopefully, well, I'm sure that would have stood out. I'm sure the analysis after the game would have seen that the goals came from PVA free kicks, etc. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens, but um, you never know. Luca could be a bit of a stroppy bastard sometimes, so <laughs> he might just take the ball anyway. So let's end with some predictions. Uh, Albert, we'll start with you. Oh, two all, two all. Wow, you're agreeing with Jordan CPFC sixteen from Twitter. There, uh, he's also gone for two two. What about you, Hasketh? Um, I will say three one to City. Uh, I think I think we'll play all right. I think we'll give him a bit of a go. But they'll they'll score a third sort of like ten minutes to go and, and knock us off, I reckon. Um Carl Unofficial from Twitter has gone one nil palace and we're going above them in the league. European tour, ole ole ole. So um <laughs> that's give quite quite a difference to you there. Um how do I feel about this one? Hmm. I th- I think it's gonna be one nil either way. Uh, they don't like the small dimensions of our pitch. I think that's been proven in um, recent visits. They've always struggled with us. They obviously won 3-1 at the back end of last season, but uh, after that that was a bit more we us gifting them goals as opposed to them actually tearing us apart or anything like that. So I think it'll be tight, 1-0 either way. And, you know, we're, we're, we're going great guns, so I'll, I'll stick with 1-0 like I did for the last game. 1-0 Palace because it worked It worked in that one as well. So who knows? But of course, it's gonna, whatever happens, it's going to be an incredibly tough game against one of the best teams ever to do it, really, um, when you look at the 198 points over the last couple of seasons. So, um, yep, that's it for this. And then we'll, we'll be back uh, after this short message. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. <laughs> 
www.backofthenest.com. Right, yes, that's it for this week. So, um, Love Sport Pod is already on the, well, wherever you listen to your podcast, really. DR and Nick there this week, and also talking to Emerson Bliss, uh, one of your favourites, isn't he, Albert? Oh, what a legend he was. Yeah. So, um, yeah, go go ahead to our um, Back of the Nest podcast or wherever you are and have a listen to that. Um, <laughs> DR sounding very university-like now. He's been at university for two weeks and he sounds like he's matured massively in that time. Um, some great stories that perhaps we can get out of him on a Christmas podcast or something like that. Uh, Precious week. We'll do that to a man. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, head over to backofthenest.com uh, plenty of articles on there for you to read uh, for the review show which will be on Sunday Hambo taking you through send your whatsapp clips to them on 0203 575 1766 and of course follow us on the socials at Back of the Nest on Twitter or at Back of the Nest CPFC on Instagram and we will be back next week in your ears for Arsenal away. I did my research this time and actually worked out who we were playing next. I imagine it's as simple as just looking up the fixtures. But Heskiff, you got your first ever win you saw at Arsenal last season. So do you think we can follow it up? Yeah, no. <laughs> no. And Albert, enjoy your time in Crete. I don't know who we'll have on next week in your place, but they will undoubtedly be a, a minor... <laughs> let down yeah, yeah, let so until next week up the palace reviews predictions comments and rants send us your voice clips on whatsapp 0203 575 1266 it's the 90th minute all your mates around you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.